get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Get up, get on up. Get up, get on up. Stay on the scene. Mad Handle Podcast. What up, fellas? We're back. What is going on? We're back. I don't even know what season this is, but I feel excited. <laughs> what year is it? Is Patrick Ewing still Are the playoffs on the mix? right now? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, fellas, man? What a great start to the season already. Our Knicks are slinging it. You guys went to the game. I need you guys to break down this game for me really quick and end this meeting of you two because this is hysterical. Well, you know, uh, it's been about probably, what, two years that we all just have spoken through a computer. And uh, <laughs> yeah. thank, like the rest of the world. Yeah, thanks to <laughs> fucking COVID, we uh, finally had the chance to go to a Nick game. We decide to not go to the home opener, which was an incredible double overtime victory. Or we decide not, not to fly down to Orlando to watch a 30-point walloping. We decide to go to the trap game, the prototypical New York Knicks trap game on Sunday at the Garden. Because I'm running around town, everyone I know the Knicks going to be three and zero. Nets are going to be one and two. Here we go, and sure as shit, they fucking lost on Sunday. Yeah, Charlie. it was a horrible game. Horrible game. Horrible defensive effort in the fourth quarter. Terrence, Terrence Ross torching us for 22 points, all of them in the fourth quarter. I think that they gave up 38. That guy does it to us every time. Every time. Every time. He's like a Knicks killer. It's insane. So he torched us. Really sad game. But you know what? It was really happy to, to just – to verify the the solidity of our pandemic relationship with Easy, it was great to meet him in person. <laughs> great to see him at halftime. Really good to be out at the Knicks game. Great to be back and seeing everybody there. Garden was out. The crowd was good. I thought it was loud as shit in there too. Easy. I don't know about you, man, but I thought they had those speakers jacked up a couple of notches too, man. Like I was feeling the 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 bass down down deep. So no, it was a good atmosphere. A shitty game, but but we're turning it around right here, even against the 76ers, it's looking like right now. So I'm really liking the team. I'm liking where we're headed so far. So wait, hold on. Before we move on, speaking of it being loud during the game, what, when did we start doing like rap songs the whole time? Like even during yeah. like gameplay? Yeah. I know, really, really aggressive music choices as well. It was either really like rapper, almost like EDM. I was like, it was pumping in there for Sunday. And also, too, I've been to a lot of games on Sunday nights. I don't know whether they like thought they were a little slow, but they definitely brought the energy uh, Sunday night to the to the music, which was really, really interesting. That's fun. You know, the funniest thing about you guys saying that is. When I was watching the game, it sounded like there was nobody there. I guess that was just because it wasn't like too entertaining at times. Yeah. Um, but listen, I'm coming up to New York soon. We got to pick out a game and we all got to go. Yes. We got to do it. We'll, we'll fucking live record an episode in the garden. On the garden floor next to Spike. Oh, listen, I'll, I'll send an email. I'll get us our, our press credentials. <laughs> All right, cool. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> e well, easy works is magic there. Boys, I, 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 you know, I'm watching the Knicks, right? We're playing good basketball. Of course, the Orlando game happens, but, like, I just felt like, what is going on with R.J. Barrett? Can, like, someone explain this to me? Because, like, watching him play, I feel like he's gotten – not at all better from his rookie year. Charlie, what are your thoughts on this dude? Do we think like, do we think RJ Barrett is like the Jamal Murray of, of, of 2.0 in the sense that like, he's either going to score 20 or 30 points or he's going to score five. I mean, even in the, even in the, the magic game, even in the magic game on Friday, the second game of the season, really solid shooting game from RJ, but then comes out on Sunday and is completely flat. Uh, no, no offensive production. I think one of the things too is that 
you know, RJ will definitely lock down defensively, which is a good thing. But at the same time, it's tough to keep him out on the court, especially in the third and fourth quarter when those teams are making runs like the Magic did to keep him out when he's also not producing on the offensive end. I think it handicaps the Knicks a little bit. So we need that production, I think, to, to be more consistent. I think consistency is one of the things that we've just been discussing throughout his tenure thus far with the Knicks. Can he do it on a night in and night out basis? I like what I'm seeing tonight against the 76ers coming out strong. He had eight of the first of the Knicks first 12 points, which I love, but we've got yeah. to have that, that consistent start to finish scoring from him. I'd really like to see him get to 25 close to 30 on a somewhat nightly basis to be that option when Julius is not hitting it and maybe Evan and Kemba aren't hitting it as well. Shit. So, I mean, yeah, easy to take that. But just really quick, your point, your last point there about like RJ not being that guy that could take over when Julius is not playing well. I mean, that's what we need from him. But easy, what do you go for it, man? I'm going to defend him because he's the prodigal oh, no. son. He's the Never mind, son. let's skip to it. And uh, <laughs> no, hear me out. For whatever re- reason, Randall has developed a really good like two-man game with Fournier. He looks at him, like he looks for Fournier a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't, he doesn't really look for RJ that much. Um, we don't, also, we also don't have like a point guard floor general. Kemba has been dog shit. And D Rose is yeah. like, give me the ball. I'm chucking it. I, I'm I'm a quick 15 points off the bench, which is great. But like, I feel without a floor general to like give certain people like, oh look, RJ's cold. He's standing in the corner. Let, let's give him a post up. Like we need yeah. a guy that can orchestrate an offense because mm-hmm. Julius isn't that. We were, I reminds me of the old sport time team. We dribble down, pass the ball once, and shoot it. And it's like, oh, that didn't work. I can't believe it. <laughs> it's like, well, run a fucking play, man. Run a pick and roll. Yeah. Do something. Do some offside shit. It's weird. Unfortunately, I do feel like the Knicks have a team of that, right? Like, and you're right. We don't really have that floor general. We just have a guys, a bunch of guys that, oh, just pass me the ball. I'll shoot it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like being the number three pick in the NBA draft, that he would be much better than he's shown that he is. So uh, that's my guy. He's a Duke guy. So I, you know, I want to defend him. But when Julius isn't playing well, we need that second guy to st- step up. And he hasn't been that dude. Speaking of Julius, I mean, MVP, start. But what are your guys' thoughts on him, Charlie? Let's hear it. Yeah, look, I think it's evened out a little better the last couple of games with Julius. I was really nervous, especially in the Boston game. I thought they were running the offense through him a lot, especially in the first half. I thought it was a lot of 2020 mix, which was ISO Julius, because there weren't a a lot of other scoring options. I think one good thing with having Fournier as somebody that can take the ball onto the floor and get something created off the dribble, I think that's good because that's going to draw at least one defender, maybe even two defenders out if, if Evan is spaced correctly on the floor, which will open that up for Julius. I think also, too, what we've seen from the Knicks, especially on Friday night in, in Orlando's game with them shooting so many threes, they're clearly going to shoot the three this year. I definitely think that's been a directive in terms of the offense. So if we get that spacing out a little bit, I like the matchups that Julius can get sometimes. I just don't want this offense to be too isocentric on him, too dependent on him as that first-line scoring option, because I think overall he picks good shots, but sometimes he will force those shots, especially if we're down, and I'd rather him maybe make that extra pass to the open man and try and get a better look or a better shot. For the love of God, pass the ball if you can't hit a shot. Easy. What are your thoughts yeah. on our boy Julius? I, uh, I am. I still cannot believe that I have to root for him as the number one option on my favorite <laughs> basketball team. That get is used to it, brother. That is something that is will take me years to get used to. Uh, 
And then he will fucking do some ridiculous step back, sidestep, fadeaway three and hit it. And I'm like, I believed in you all along, baby. <laughs> so I'm buying I, the jersey. I have such a love hate with Julius. Um, because when it's bad, it just looks fucking bad. And then when, when it's good, it's like, how come he can't do this every time that down the court? It like there's no in between. Cool. Question for you. In that aspect, does he not remind you of Carmelo Anthony's tinier as a Nick? I mean, <laughs> oof. That, that is pretty wild. That was mellow, right? Yeah. At least oh. at least he has a better supporting cast around him now than Mello did for a lot of years. That's true. That's a good point. Can we go back to that Kimba point with the floor general, though? Because I think that's a really great call out, right? So we brought him in here as a point guard. Now, we obviously wanted him to score, but we also brought him in to run the offense. When are we going to eventually call out that, as we just said, are we really running an offense with Kimball on the floor right now? And also, too, defensively, he is horrendous. And he was 100% <laughs> at fault for leaving Marcus Smart wide uh, open for that three. That was on horrendous. Game against Boston to even bring the game to overtime to begin with. So he's a defensive liability. We've known that even years previously. And if we can't get that offensive production out of him, we're in the same situation we're in with RJ, where we've got a guy that's not giving us anything defensively and not giving us anything offensively, and we've got to sit him. Oh, man, My, that, that changed. That perspective of him changed very quickly, huh? Well, it's also like the Celtics are not a dumb organization. They wouldn't have just traded him for peanuts and then Oklahoma City wouldn't have bought him out. Like that's, that's a good point. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, he that's signed a, great point. a yeah. year and a half ago or two years ago, he signed like a four or five year max deal. Damn, we're fucked again. Hasn't I mean, luckily he's only on the books for three mil. So if his knees but, are shot, that's fine. But it is a terrible sign that our like point guard signing can't play crunch time. I know. And then you've got D Rose who eh, easy to your point, quick 15 off the bench. It, it's great. But those, those minutes add up quickly with a guy that's historically had a ton of minutes over his career. And I really worry that as we did in the playoffs, we were riding D Rose for 30 minutes a game. We can't ride him for that many minutes a game, especially in the regular season. So we're going to need to figure out, some sort of situation, I think, at point guard eventually if Kemba's not giving it to us in a way that we need, especially defensively. We, we can't be giving up easy buckets to perimeter players. Wow, what a shocker. The Knicks need a point guard. It's never-ending uh, cycle. Uh, <laughs> it's terrible. It's disgusting. <laughs> Love it. Um, Charlie, you said a key word there uh, that I want to point out real quick, and that is quickly. What's going on with our boy Emmanuel quickly right now? Charlie, let's hear it, man. You know, it, it, you know I, I thought he was really cold the other night of uh, shooting. He, he couldn't buy one of the floaters that, that we've seen trademark, just, just ice cold. Um, I also worry, too. <laughs> that maybe he's a little comfortable with the floater. And this is just what I've noticed that maybe he could actually attack the rim. Maybe he could attack the rim, get some layups, maybe attack the rim, draw a foul uh, instead of shooting that floater, which he's become comfortable with. Sometimes I think it's like his default shot now. Also, too, yeah. it's great at the right at the right time. I would like to see him maybe attack the rim a little bit more in some of those situations where he beats his man one on one and he's in the paint. I want to finish closer to the rim. Um, I think the shooting will come around, though. I think he'll start to get into a rhythm. It is only game four uh, of the season tonight. Uh, so, you know, I think it'll improve. But again, if we're 10, 15 games in and we're not seeing the production we saw last year, then I think he's going to need to switch that up. Also, too, he's got film now, and these defenses and these coaches know how to prepare for these players, so the the defenses that they can alter how they're playing against him to take that floating uh, floater shot away. 
Easy. I know you compared him to someone. You got to tell us who you compared him to. Who, Lou Will? <laughs> Alonzo Trier. Oh, oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he is he or is he not Alonzo Trier? Hilarious comparison. Is he still in the league, Trier? No. I don't think he's in the league anymore. Isn't that crazy? Like, he had, like, a good year for us. Not even yeah. in the NBA anymore. Remember when we were considering him part of our core? <laughs> yes. Good stats, bad team. And the best yeah. part is, like, you know how I guys, like, you guys know how, like, how I like the ringer. And today on the ringer, they had this whole article on, on quickly and what he did his rookie year, what he's going to do to build on it, his tough upbringing, all this horse shit. And it's like, <laughs> I think you're about eight months too late with this fucking article. This guy hasn't played yet. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Where was this last season? The guy ain't getting any time. That's so funny. Oh, man. Um, I feel like we got to wrap up the Knicks pretty soon, but I do want to bring up one dude who's pleasantly surprised me, uh, and that's my boy, Obi Toppin. The dude's been putting in work on how to keep his head up when he's running down the court, and he's killing it right now. Easy, what are your thoughts about Obi Toppin? If we can, If he could play an average defense, the lineup with Randall at the five, yeah. Toppin at the four, RJ Fournier, and Kemba Rose is our running gun fucking yep. fucking uh yep. what was that? What was the Golden State? Our, their death lineup? That's our fucking death lineup, baby. I don't real I don't understand why we don't play that lineup more. I feel like you only see I feel like give Toppin some more minutes. Uh I, I think Mitch is playing really well, but Top, I don't know. He's an energy. We could have used that energy more on Sunday against Orlando. But um, Charlie, what are your thoughts on this? Is your boy? This is your boy. You, you know, I, I've been pleasantly surprised. There's a couple things on Obi. I think first off, you know, kudos to the coaching staff for playing to some of Obi's strengths, which is getting out and running into the court and getting yeah. into transition and getting those easy buckets. I think the coaching staff realized that they can get easy buckets if they get out quickly, make Obi run the court, get quick dunks, quick layups. That's a good play for him. That's a strength for him. Also, too, if we can get him looks on the three, the spacing that he provides on the court, whether he's hitting the three or not, because defenses do have to keep him honest, he can hit it. That provides an extra layer as opposed to having somebody like Mitch out there where they know Mitch isn't going to shoot the three so they can shade off of him because they know he's going to stay in the paint. I think also, too, you know, the defense has got to stay consistent for Obi because if he's going to play in the third and fourth quarter, we, we need him to shore that up. But I, I like also the fact that what I'm hearing is that Obi was in the gym every single day, working, 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 trying to get better, putting shots up, meeting with different people, just absorbing and, and trying to learn as much as possible, which you love to hear from young guys. So I think he's modeling a really good work ethic and, and work habits. Um, so where do we like end off at? All right, so I think we should be good now, and I would like to do a quick shout-out to my cheap-ass fucking startup company that just got bought that wants to limit my fucking Zoom account so I can't do a free pod with my friends. Unbelievable. What about this, Bento Box? You want to talk about perks? What kind of perk is this shit? Free plug. (laughs) Yeah, right? Uh, Fucking, you give me lunches, I got a kitchen, match my 401k, can't give me unlimited Zoom time so I can make um, a podcast. They're going to be pissed when they hear this. By the way, next segment brought to you by Bento Box. So shout out to the sponsor. <laughs> I can't oh, wait till this recording cuts short. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, all right. We got through the Knicks. You guys have anything else left on the Knicks? Uh, hmm. Okay. A quick question. <clears throat> Will Fournier ever shoot as well as he did in the first game of the year for the rest of his contract? I I think he will. I think he's going to have games like that. 
And then I also think he, he's going to have games like he did like on Sunday, right? Um, Charlie, what are your thoughts, man? We've got four years on that bad boy, four years <laughs> on that contract. I'm thinking by like 2023, it may be rough, fellas. I think we, oh. I think we, I think we may be looking at an Evan Fournier trade out west. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I could see him. I could see him playing for like the Jazz in the 2023 playoffs. <laughs> Sacramento. I hear Sacramento call. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sacramento, you guys just want bullshit players. Here you go. Keep collecting the dust. <clears throat> um. Let's flip it over to this Nick game now. I mean, they're crushing the 76ers. You got to think that this Ben Simmons stuff is weighing on them a little bit. Charlie, Ben Simmons, give it to me. You know, I mean, I really thought I'd, I was, first off, I've been confused by this whole situation. Like, he, <laughs> he wants a trade, but he, then he got an extension, but then the players would have fly out to meet him in L.A., then he tells them no, but then he met with Doc, and then he suddenly shows up at the facility and wants to be let in, but then he's practicing in sweatpants with his cell phone in his pocket. Then he gets, <laughs> kicked, then he gets kicked out of practice, and then he says he has he's dealing with some mental issues, which full respect, like, you know, we, we you know, if that's the case, then then maybe it, it we really do need to to take some time away. So full respect to that. But I'm really confused of the whole situation. They're paying him. They're not paying him. Now they are paying him. Then I, I read a, a, a couple of hours ago that he actually was practicing this morning. <laughs> so I, I don't really know what's going on with the situation. And also, too, I think the most interesting thing is that Daryl Morey has said he's in no hurry to trade him whatsoever and that this could go on for a couple of years. So I think they're completely fine with riding this out. I think they're completely fine waiting until they get an offer that they think is sufficient, which I think truthfully is something around three to four first round picks. Um, and they're going to wait and see. Wow. Maybe there's a team desperate enough towards the trade deadline that's looking to make that that playoff, that, that next step in the playoffs. I, I can't see a lot of teams trading for him with the contract that he has, but I, I've seen crazier things, I guess. I was going to say three or four first rounders. I don't know, man. I feel like if they get that, they got to pull the trigger right away. Easy, what are your thoughts on this, dude? Oof, I have so much to say. Uh, first off, I fucking love that Daryl Morey told him, you better strap in because this is going to be a long time. Because <laughs> yeah. players pull this shit all the time. Anthony Davis did it. In insert star here. Every single guy's done it, James Harden, and these pussy GMs, these pussy GMs and pussy owners don't lock them into these long-term deals. They just trade them for peanuts. So I love that he met a guy like Daryl Morey took on China. Like he's not scared of Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, like, it was a power move. So I I love that. S secondly, I do not understand 2021 cancel culture. I'm officially flabbergasted by it because Why? if we have to, how many times have we been waterboarded with mental health issues and how serious mental health awareness is? It's the same as a torn ACL. It should be treated the same way. Then fine, fine. If we all have to agree with that, then fine. This guy has tried every trick in the book to get traded. He's now on his last-ditch effort and has told them, oh, by the way, my, I'm not mentally prepared to play. Where's cancel culture being like Ben Simmons? Where's your psychiatric evaluation saying you're unfit to play? You can't use mental, healthness, uh, mental health, whatever the fuck it is, like as, like, a, like as an excuse. If we all have to accept it's a real thing in this society, you do not get to use it as an excuse when you want to get traded. It's a valid point. Valid points. Yeah, I mean, I you just, hit me right in, you just hit me right in the jug. You Come out man. with it earlier. Know. Just, just say it earlier. Let's say go it earlier. Exactly. Yeah. If you were, if you weren't mentally fit to play, this would have been said in January. It would have said it honestly? It would have came out when he passed up the dunk. If he was smart, he would have said, "I'm not mentally ready to play in a game seven. I wasn't properly prepared. I have anxiety and social issues, and it, and whatever the fuck." So you think? See, so. 
which, wow. I mean, like, I agree. Like if he's using mental health as like, just to like, you know, with how big it is and stuff. And if he's just saying it just because he doesn't want to play and like, not really like dealing with those things. I don't know, man. He's got bigger issues than we thought. And, and Hey, maybe I'm an asshole for assuming that it's not real, but based on what we've been told, it's just yeah. very convenient that you are now yeah. your mental health is in question. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thing to come out with, with all the events that have transpired before it. Right. You yeah. would think that if mental health was an issue, you would have minimized the other events that came off so abrasive to like the fan base and the organization instead of doing all the stuff you did and then now coming out with this it it doesn't it it leaves a lot of questions and where are these nerds on twitter where are all the nerds on twitter who just tweet at people and say the most horrible things and have to correct everybody every three seconds but nobody's correcting ben simmons it's it's odd yeah i guess you know like if someone says that that's it, you kind of have to take their word for it, right? That's right. bullshit. We live in a society where people exploit every chance they can. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing, right? You got the human nature. Are you going to trust this person or, you know? Um, it's you heard it here first, folks. Hot take. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on Ben Simmons' mental health. Oh, my goodness. All right. Bento Box might be looking for a new employee by tomorrow. <laughs> Segment not brought to you by Bento Box. <laughs> uh, wait, so Kev, what do you think? Like, what's your thoughts on this guy? No, I, I honestly, like, you bring up a good point. I didn't think of it that way. When you start bringing up mental health, like, and, like, you bring up a good point because, like, Oh, if someone tells me it's mental health, like I don't second, like guess them, you know what I mean? Or, or question them. I'm just like, all right. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll get better. But if Ben Simmons, after all this shit, if he's using just this as, as an excuse to not play and like, he doesn't really have like mental health issues. He's just claiming that, you know, uh, it's kind of fucked up. And again, I think he has bigger issues than just basketball then, you know? Also, too, you know, just a random question. The guy took delivery on like a like a four hundred thousand dollar Ferrari in the off season, but I saw that he hasn't been paid since like July or August. He's he hasn't made, been paid like ten million dollars. So the guy needs wow. to be careful, man. You don't play, they don't get that money, and you start spinning like you do, it evaporates very quickly. Well, Dude. did did you see they stopped finding him for missing games and practices? Because of the mental health uh, situation, it's a fucking scam. Wow. That, so that We're is fucking putting it together here. It's that, a scam, baby. Manhandle, yo. breaking news. This is this is this is hot takes all over. Yes, that is very interesting. So he is not getting fined anymore because it's a mental health issue now. Wow, and. I, I forgot who I was listening to, but someone even brought it up. He's like, once they start touching Ben Simmons' money, that's when, like, he, he'll start acting right. Ooh, man, they started touching his – you're right. He hasn't been getting paid in a while. He's probably spending like a madman, and now he's like, yo, how do I get them to stop messing with my you, money? You know what? Rich Paul probably called him up and was like, look, man, we can't be taking these losses like this. We're just going to say it's a mental health issue. I got to take the court side out the Laker game. Yeah, bro. bro. I got a new girlfriend now. She these, bad, these London trips back and forth. Got, got it going really expensive right now. Yeah, gas is incredibly high right now. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, wow. what a turn. Um but yeah, like let's just trade him for Kyrie already. Am I right? Like let's just really just fucking shake shit up here. So that trade, I, I listen. I'm sorry. I think that's a wonderful trade. Is there no vaccine mandate in Philadelphia? Nope. Interesting. Only f it's Philly and LA. Dude, Kyrie and Joel could, could be. They could do something there. 
and Harden, Durant, and Ben Simmons with Tobias Harris. That's that's actually a team: Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and uh, Kyrie Irving. That's not bad. It's not. Kyrie wants people to get the fuck out of his way. Joel just kind of chills by the paint or whatever he wants to do. Ben Simmons plays defense for the Nets, which doesn't exist right now. It's great. This could work. This could really work. Let's also just be real. You know what's going to happen by Mm -hmm. December-ish. It's going to be Ben Simmons versus CJ McCollum and some combination of whatever the fuck else. Oh, can you imagine? And I think that's a great trade. Also, are the no are the Nets paying Kyrie? I don't know. They well, they weren't going to. Well, well, they were only going to have to pay him with way games because he wasn't allowed to play by the mandate right. in New York. But then when they sent him away, they told him not to show up for away games. So now I'm pretty sure they have to pay him. Yeah. Wow. What a fucking mess, huh? I'm confused because he lives in the city. I, I don't understand where he's going. He must must just be hanging out at the house the whole time. Ah, I doubt it. He's going to be out and about doing his like. He's in his own world. You know, like he he's going to do whatever he wants to do. <clears throat> All right, fellas, we hit on Ben Simmons. You guys want to stick with the East here and talk about a team that the Knicks already beat this year? Them fucking Boston Celtics and Jalen Brown looking like Michael Jordan out there. <laughs> Easy. What are your thoughts on our boy Jalen? So I love how he progresses year to year. Just every year the dude comes out and gets better. It's crazy. And then, like, you look and him and Tatum are both – are they still under 20? I, I know they're under 25. Are they both still under 23? That's, that's insane to think about. It's it's ridiculous. Wait, ho, ho, hold on. Oh, we got our fact team looking things up right now. Well, I was looking it up. Charlie, what are your thoughts on this Jalen Brown? Yeah, 25. I mean, I... I fully agree with Easy. I think it's really impressive what he does year over year with the amount of work that he puts in and the amount of uh, of work that he does to improve his game. I, I think also, too, we can start to talk about is he eclipsing Tatum with regards to who's the more important player at times for Boston. You know, obviously we know what Jason Tatum is. He's a fantastic player, but I think Jalen Brown had a great season last year. I think he's building upon that right now. Um, I think Udaka is a good coach with Boston. What I've seen a little bit of them thus far this year, I like the vibe of, of, of that team, um, even though it's the Celtics and I, and I hate them with a passion. But I, I like the vibe. I like the vibe of that team. I like what Jalen's doing. I think he's he's in a great spot right now, and, and I think he's definitely going to improve throughout the year even more. Easy. I'll let you let you finish up your point. I know I cut you off there. I hate that Boston team, man. I don't <laughs> – Brown and Tatum aren't facilitators. They have fucking uh, little blonde streak Schroeder now running point guard. They don't have any big guys. They still have Ennis the Menace. Like, fuck that team. I don't think they're going to be any good, personally. So, we're just going back to Jalen Brown really quick. Like, I remember when he came into the league, we just like every time he played against the Knicks, I was like, "Yo, just let him shoot. He sucks. He's just athletic. Just let him shoot. Let him shoot." Yep. Now you got you got to start picking this guy up at the fucking airport before the game. Like, you guys got like you have to d him up because he can shoot from just about anywhere. It's kind of cool to see a player get that much better. That shot from the logo in the first overtime was fucking cold as ice. <laughs> yeah, man. He's been chilling with Paul Pierce a little bit. <laughs> but to go back, my next question to you guys is, is like, do you think Jalen uh, Brown and Jason Tatum could win an NBA title together? Easy. I, I'm assuming from your answer, you're a no. But no Charlie, way. what are you thinking? You know, I really think they need another piece. I think they thought that piece was Kyrie a couple of years yeah. ago. I think they thought that piece was Kemba. But I think they need uh, – I truthfully, I think they need a star. 
I think they need somebody that's maybe on a higher level than even uh, Tatum or Brown. You know, they don't need somebody at that level. I think they actually need a star to win a title there in Boston. I do. Damn, like so, like Damian Lillard or someone like that. Yeah, I think I think that it's Woo! going to be that type of person. That? It's going to be that type of person. I mean, look, we you know, and we're probably going to discuss the Lakers quickly, and we can get into them if we want. You know, look at the Lakers right now. Look at what we've got. We've got a we've got AD Dwight Westbrook. We've got a lot of. Carmelo, we've got a lot of all-stars previously on that team. That's what these teams are doing. We saw what the Warriors did. We saw what the Nets are doing, right? So in this league, accumulation and depth of talent wins. We see it with Milwaukee with the depth of talent. And that's where I think the the differentiator is. I also don't think Marcus Smart is good good anymore. (laughs) I think he used to be good. I think he was like a pesky guy that like he's kind of like Pat Beverly a little bit. And then just plateaued and everyone's got to talk about how he takes charges all the time. Like, get the fuck out of here, Marcus. Also, like, what is he? Is he like an overweight point guard? I'm still not 100% sure, like, what his exact position is. You better watch out because Marcus Smart will go to your house and punch you in the face. Bring it on, you loser. Do you guys remember that in college where he – like ran into the camera guy or something, and then he just punched the camera guy. No, no. Yeah, he'll knock you out if he has to. But yeah, I agree. Like, I think Marcus Smart's a player that can be on a championship team, but like, he's got to just play that like pesky fucking Dolba Dova role and just like get in your face the whole time. <clears throat> yep. But let's get into the Lakers, right? Charlie, you brought them up personally. I'm not too worried about them. I know they're off to a slow start, but they do have, like like you said, Charlie, that depth of talent. Uh, easy. what are you thinking with this Laker team? I'm kind of where you're at, Kev. Um, I don't think any of this matters. I think they're, like, figuring out rotations. I think Mello going off for 28 and 28 minutes is not realistic. He ain't touching the court right. in the playoffs. Uh, oh, yes, he is. Oh, no, he's getting minutes in the playoffs. Ten minutes a game? He ain't getting 28 minutes a game. He'll get torched. That's true. Skinny Mellow? Stop it. Wait. Yeah, but this is L.A. Hold up, hold up. This is L.A. Mellow, though. L.A. Mellow's different. (laughs) Is Lala still running his life? Lala's in L.A. too now, so you know that's a whole situation. (laughs) But, like, all right, so – DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard cannot be playing for them whenever a game matters. So it's got to be Davis at the five, LeBron Brown at the four. And then here's where it like really starts to crack you up because you're like Westbrook at the one, two guard is yeah. who? Malik Monk, three guard is Trevor Ariza. <laughs> Yo, the team's kind of dog shit. It's weird. Yeah. Also, but it's also – it's like the Cavs in 2018, like when he had D-Wade and like all that bum-ass squad and he traded them all at the deadline and had a whole new team by February. Right. And when you think about the teams that – or when you think about the players, specifically with Westbrook, that LeBron excels with, they're the exact opposite of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Russell Westbrook yeah. provides no three-point shooting. He's a horrible three-point shooter, and he provides no defense. And that's the two things that the Lakers needed really more than anything. So he doesn't even really do what LeBron needs him to do. And AD, we know, has injuries and is injury prone. So we're still awaiting what's going to happen with that over the course of the season. And then that roster becomes very, very thin very quickly from a talent perspective because a lot of those role players and pieces they gave up half their team from last year is in Washington now yeah I'm looking at their roster now it's pretty fucking funny Wayne Ellington Talon Horton Tucker Ken Bazemore yeah this is who you're going to rely on to win a title (laughs) Avery Bradley yeah Avery Bradley got cut by the Warriors and the Lakers come on by you don't think that this roster is better than the roster that they won it with? The roster they won it with was pretty bad, too. If, okay, if by what has some, like, 
miracle of God, if you could convince Westbrook to not close out fourth quarters, then sure. But how yeah. does that work with that as their big three? I have no idea. I think Russell Westbrook's one of just the weirdest players I think the NBA has ever like seen. Did LeBron push for that move? Like, did Le- was LeBron like go get this guy, or did like Rob Blinka uh, come to him and be like, "Hey, we're trading for Westbrook," and he's and LeBron okayed it? I'm just really curious because it's just not somebody would have ever thought he would have wanted to play with. I agree, right? man. Yeah, like it, it just doesn't fit anything that you would think that they would want in in a player. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that all went down, but um. Easy. I, I know you, you're you're on the fence with Westbrook, right? Uh, in, in what regard? Just like for for this team. Oh no, I think he's going to be a disaster for this team. Really? Okay. I, I think Westbrook is destined to be the Oklahoma City point guard for the rest of his career, or the Sacramento Kings point guard, or the Cleveland Cavaliers point guard, or any dog shit franchise that needs a guy to score a triple double and sell tickets. Um, uh, you were literally on a team with fucking Durant and Harden. Uh, that was they were young. Then you had Durant in his prime, who he left to like have more fun playing basketball because ISO bullshit doesn't work. <laughs> uh, Westbrook forgot how to shoot. The Wizards weren't good last year with Beal. The Rockets literally had to trade away their center and start PJ Tucker, who's six five at the center position, just so hard, like just so Westbrook could like look productive. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it, is this not just one of the weirdest NBA players like ever? Just like in every regard. Yes, he's an All Star, but like, does anyone actually want him on their team? It's weird, <laughs> you know? right? Kelly, if you're starting a team, would you even consider putting Russell Westbrook on it? If we're talking Russell Westbrook eight years ago, I would consider it because I think that the athleticism that he provided is a difference maker in games. I think that athleticism is is faded over time. He cannot shoot the ball effectively at all. He's not good at defense at all. And the the Western (laughs) Conference – is not easy. There's a lot of good teams this year. We already know historically what we've seen the Jazz do. The Nuggets are a good team. We've got Phoenix out there who went to the finals last year. The Warriors are looking very good. Steph is MVP caliber right now. They're getting Klay Thompson back. That's going to be a good team, right? So the Blazers are a good team. The Clippers are a good team. There's a lot of good teams in that conference that they have to play night in and night out. And I think we also haven't touched on this yet. LeBron, already, what are we seeing? The nagging injuries, the little groin here, the little ankle tweak here, the knee here. That stuff creeps in on you. You never saw that from 2012, LeBron, right? That stuff creeps in on you as you get older. You start to miss time. Those those joints start to hurt a little bit more in the mornings. And I think LeBron is at that point where – he cannot shoulder the full responsibility. Is he in full transition to a role player, a six man? Not at all. But LeBron needs shooters around him, and he doesn't have a lot of those right now. And frankly, Dwight and AD fighting on the court the second game of the season is a horrible <laughs> look for the team. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of personalities in that room, and I don't see that working very well either on the chemistry side. Man. Easy. Are they making the playoffs, you think? So, yes. All right. So, it, I'm happy you asked that. So, because of LeBron's lagging bullshit, the fact that he is not this two-way player, this completely dominant offensive guy, he turns it on. He's it's 19th season. He's old as shit. The most minutes played or will be the most minutes played. I get it. Westbrook will help them with that because that dude doesn't know how to play other than at 10. Yeah. So like he's going hard every night. Yeah. 
And like LeBron, I think regular season will be like, yeah, fine, dude. Westbrook, go average a triple double. I don't give a fuck. Right. But what's tricky so, is come playoff time. Because come playoff time, I would have much rathered have uh, never traded with the Wizards, and I could have had KCP and Kuzma and Buddy Heald. Because remember, that was the trade before uh, they got Westbrook. It was going to be some combo of like KCP and, and Kuzma or one or the other and somebody else for Buddy Heald, which – Shit, I'd rather either one of those dudes and Buddy Heald right now. But yeah, I mean, you're right. Honestly, I do think it's just them, like, kind of working out some kinks at the beginning of the year. But, yeah. Charlie, you, br- you bring up a good point, man. Like, if LeBron starts breaking down, uh, it's tough sledding for them. Like you said, the West it is tough. So, like, I'm very much on the fence if this team's going to make the playoffs or not. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I mean, if we think about it, right, there's six teams in the West that are as good or better than them. And they were, let's not forget, last year, they were a bubble team. They had to play the playing game against the Warriors, and they beat them, right? So they were on the fence last year to not getting in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a grind for them this season. I think it's going to be tough. The schedule has evened out more. So they're playing all sorts of good teams this year. They're playing a full schedule. It's much more normalized. It's a longer season. They benefited tremendously from the bubble uh, when they won the title last year in 2020. So it's going to be interesting. But I think if they if they if they're under 500 before the trade deadline, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of moves they make because they don't have a lot of assets left. They've traded all of those. So now we're talking players and the roster is thin. Guarantee you they trade for Kevin Love. <laughs> Imagine that. You know what? It's actually not – it's actually – I've seen crazier things. Yeah, right? Like, just throw him up in this Yo, game. What is he even doing? Players. He is toast. So I, haven't, I haven't seen him play in, like, I don't know, two I'm not years. watching Cleveland games on League no. Pass. You know he's bad because he made Team USA over the summer, played a game, looked like dog shit, and then left the team for personal reasons. Yeah. Oh, so he's like done, done. He is done, done. I think Cleveland was like, don't even show up. Because he likes to throw temper tantrums on the court, too. Remember when he, like, like wouldn't leave the paint because they wouldn't pass him the ball, so they, he made them get an offensive <laughs> three seconds? Like, yeah, he's kind of a I little bitch. He's like a player I, I liked more in college than in the than the pros, frankly. Dude, the best I thing about him was the athletic pass. Yeah, I never thought he had like that just great of a career. He was pretty good in Minnesota. He just never got any respect because it was the Timberwolves. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. Why don't we stay out west? And touch on those undefeated. I mean, they're losing right now, but right now they're undefeated. Golden State Warriors. Easy. Your boy, Steph, I know you got the jersey. Why don't you hit on this team a little bit? Chef Curry with the pop, boy. (laughs) Uh, So, okay. I think they look great. I think he'll have another MVP-like season. Um, I... Don't understand why everyone's penciling Clay in for this return come January with no issues. He had a torn Achilles, and then his opposite leg, he tore his ACL. And he was like their lockdown defender and three-point specialist. It's tough. Uh-oh. Did I lose you guys? I'm, I'm here. Oh, okay. Um, it looks like you just went on mute. Oh, my bad. Okay. I had no idea what just happened there. All right. Um, technical difficulties. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think Clay – I mean, I think we have to, like, really kind of see what Golden State is come January. I mean, not even because January, February, everyone's in NBA shape and Clay's going to come back. They're not gonna. We're not gonna really know till March, April. 
come playoff time who the Warriors are. They're playing. Seth Curry's looking great right now. Charlie, what are your thoughts on this? Is yeah. Weissman playing yet? So Weissman is not playing yet, and, and the Warriors have been. Uh, I've watched a few, did a few of their games on League Pass already this season. Steph's looking phenomenal. Wiggins can obviously score the ball. Two players that I think have been crucial, especially Damian Lee, uh, playing really well for them thus far. And then Otto Porter, too, right? Otto Porter's been pretty consistent throughout his career. I thought playing you were going to say Belinka or Bajinko or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> playing pretty well for them, too. Dude, Honestly, he's good on that team. He, he is. is he is. Iguodala's back as well, which is always good to see. Glad Iggy's back in a Warriors uniform. Um, so, no, I'm excited to see what this team does this year i get what you're saying with regards to clay's conditioning i will say i have heard good things from what what has transpired in practice i think clay's looking really sharp i do think it's going to take him some time to get into game shape but hopefully that added dimension of offense will will help the warriors as they're probably going to be you know i imagine the warriors are probably hovering between five and six when we get to December or January, maybe seven. So the, his addition will definitely be a, a welcome pickup. But excited to see what they do and just a fun team to watch overall. I Yo, this kid Jordan Poole, man, he's fun oh. to watch. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, he might that's – that's a steal right there for them. They got him at the end of the – I think this is his second year. Yep. Um, he looks good. And – that's the thing, though. That team is just kind of made up of, like, wing players, I feel like. It's got, like, a 15 million wings on that team. Um, but they're interesting. I, I do think getting Clay back will just be nothing but positive things. Um, he just has that, like, personality. I feel like he'd just be good for that team. But interested to see when Wiseman comes back. Um, and we'll see what they could do. Boys, do you have anything else out west that you want to touch on? Wait, so are I like because you guys watched? I watched. Uh, I think it was the Lakers game and the Clippers game. Yeah, which which was confusing as hell. The Warriors are home and decide to wear the same colors as the Clippers, <laughs> red, white, and blue. That was a very confusing game to watch on TV. But uh, are they playing their young guys? Are they playing like a Kaminga and Moody yet or no? Uh, Moody has. I don't think Moody's played. Um just yet and uh, Charlie I think you're on mute right now but uh yeah I, I don't think Moody's played that that much Sorry, just yet. um but uh they're trying to roll with these young guys right like Damian Lee's getting uh minutes Jordan Poole's getting minutes so I don't <sighs> yeah Moody hasn't Moody hasn't played a ton Gary Payton Jr. is getting a few minutes. Uh, he's getting around, <laughs> you know, our, our guy. Uh, Jordan Poole is obviously really exciting. Um, but, yeah, no, Moody's not getting a ton of minutes yet. I, for some, like, I just love to hate on, on things and people. Damian Lee, I just will never, like, not think he's on the roster because he's uh, he's banging Seth's sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just a convenient side fact, you know? Wait, repeat that? I'm pretty positive Damian Lee is either married or dating stepsister. Or that, is in, that is indeed true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Dang, I didn't know that. So, well, listen, I'm on the gossip side of NBA Twitter, you know? It's me. You're and, all uh, over the place. Me and H Haley o O'Shaughnessy and all those other fucking gossip girls. <laughs> Oh, you don't know her? Woo! Uh, who is this? Oh, is she from The Ringer? Yeah. Yeah, I hear Bill Simmons talking about her. Big time. <laughs> What's her name? Haley? Yep. Okay. Um, Boys, anything else out west? Uh, no. Um, I do have one thing question for you. I'll start with you, Charlie. Were you shocked that the Phoenix Suns did not offer Aiton a max contract? 
You know, I was really shocked at first considering how well I thought he played for them in the playoffs and how well I thought his run was integrally to them getting to the finals. However, I'm curious to know what sort of terms and what sort of money he was looking at uh, because I think paying centers in this league is something that's really hard to gauge, right? The yeah. market is is very weird. There's not a lot of contracts that, that aren't either – massive contracts like a Joel Embiid or something that's more just like a mid-level exception type of guy. So I think the market is a little weird to price. And I think also, too, you know, durability is something that we always talk about with centers. So if he's looking for four or five years as some sort of long-term extension, there could have been a little bit of hesitancy there as well. Yeah, easy. Were you shocked at that? I was initially. And then I think, like, it's kind of like, dude, Robert Sarver owns the Suns. He's never spent money on that roster. He has consistently, yeah. like, traded picks for point. money and, yep. like, never extended guys and, like, has always gone the cheap route. So is it surprising that Aiton and Mikhail Bridges don't have extensions? Like, no, not really. If you think about it, he extended 98-year-old Chris Paul for – a guarantee, whatever the fuck it was. Booker's long term. Uh that'd be was nice, weird that'd was be they nice got all the keep though. Yeah. But they got ugly sh Shamit and gave him money. Like it was it was weird who they decided to pay and who didn't. Yeah, I would have definitely given that money to Bridges and Hayton if I could. It's but, a good core there. They could build off of that too. Did Aiton play? They're having a rough start to the season, though, this year. Yeah. Did we see the best version of Aiton last season in the finals? We could have. That's another point, too. You never know with big men, right? Yeah. Oh. I was a little shocked, but I, I think I looked, then I kind of looked at his numbers and like how he was playing. I mean, Charlie, to your point, I'm interested to see like what numbers he's kind of looking for because um, I think that would like help dictate a lot of it. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, if we're talking a like a three year deal, that's something that I'm comfortable with. If we're talking a five year deal, I think that's a little bit different. Um, I do think they may. I do think they get something done. But I do think easy. It's a great call out just with the history of Robert Sarver as an owner. The guy does not spend any money. He doesn't invest in the team at all. So, you know, if it gets to a point where they're not going to offer him an extension, then they're going to flip him for picks at the trade deadline, I would assume. Ooh. He'd be a nice little get for some team that's going into a playoff. Absolutely. absolutely. East Coast team that's looking to make a little push. Definitely. Well, Nick, what do you think? Straight up for Mitch Robinson. No problem. I ain't paying Mitch. Yeah, I'm not paying Mitch, so take him. All right. Mitch for fucking Aiden. Here we go. I'll call up Sarver now. <laughs> hey, Rob. Rob, what do you think about this guy, Mitchell Robinson? <laughs> yep. We'll take that contract off your hands. Boys, any other surprises that you're seeing early on this year? It's only four or five games in. Um... What in the goddamn fuck is up with this run-and-gun Bulls team? That's a good point. It's a good Dude, point. Well, I was like, get me as far away from Lonzo as possible. You know what really set it full in motion, and people kind of hated on them and were like, what the hell are they doing? Was that Vucevic trade with the Magic, right? Yeah. That kind of set it in motion. They get him there with Zach Levine. Then they get Lonzo Ball, they get Alex Caruso, they get DeMar DeRozan, and all of a sudden they have a team. They do have a team. I, I like like that roster a little bit. When I first like saw all these signings, I was like, oh boy, this is gonna turn up terribly. But then like watching them play, like, yo, Levine's good and Lonzo's a really good facilitator. So I think they got something cooking over there. I would have loved to pay Alex Caruso. Yeah, he's dude, he would have thrived in New York. Just like up and down, plays defense, like dunks, gets in everybody's Imagine face. Him dunking at the garden. That's yep. what I'm saying. The guy gets up, King Whitey. I don't know. I think it would. Uh, I think it would over well. 
That's funny. Good call yeah. out for me on the surprise front. Obviously, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, LaMelo Ball crushing it. I think he's averaging 25 points a game or close to it, shooting 50% from three, which is crazy. Also, Miles Bridges crushing it there as well. well, Averaging almost 30 points a game. So those two guys are crushing it. Hornets are are looking really, really good right now. So did you see post-game when he wore that same – he had the same yellow outfit as his Lamborghini? Miles Bridges? No, LaMelo. Oh, no, that's amazing, though. So he had this bright yellow, the Lamborghini, like, crossover. And then he had, like, a three-piece bright yellow suit. But, like, he's so tall and, like, skinny. Somebody made a tweet that, like, it looks like there's three kids just, like, in his jacket standing on top of each other trying to pretend (laughs) like they're an adult. (laughs) That's hysterical. Yeah, you got to look it up. It was so funny. And it really kind of looks like that. <laughs> Wallo, do you guys see what's going on in the Nick game right now? Yeah, we just won. But like right, oh, I'm a little behind you. But right before that, number 44 for all, like they were Knicks were just trying to run out the clock, and he was swiping at the ball at Julius. So this is getting pissed. Listen, home, home, we don't play that. Yeah, he down by 13. Yeah, like two seconds left. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, listen, uh, Kemba went like five of, I think it went five of eight or five of ten from three tonight. Yeah, that's five of eleven. Yeah, welcome to the garden, Kemba. That's not good. Five of eleven. I don't want Kemba Walker shooting eleven threes. That's like forty percent, right? What was it? Yeah, the the Orlando game. We shot like seventeen of like forty-one. I was like, oh my god. Shot fifty percent from three, didn't we? Wait, so, all right, I don't like, I'm not a big better, but we threw some money on the game because let's make it exciting. We're there, right? So, and just to even it out, we're like, all right, what can we put money on Magic side? Jalen Suggs, uh, we did Jalen Suggs over 11 and a half points. Do you know how many points he had? 11. 11 points. <laughs> it was in the fourth goddamn quarter. He scored six points early in the first. And me and Cam are like, easy fucking money. Let's go. Hasn't Doesn't score till the fourth quarter. Oh, my God. Goes to the line with 10 points. Hits the first free throw. Misses the second. Gets yanked. Doesn't seek game time for the rest of the game. Yo, Vegas knows, man. They just fucking know. It's crazy. So frustrating. Speaking of this, Charlie, do you think the Knicks win over 43 and a half games? Oof. That's a tough over-under number. 43. We definitely get get to 40. I think we get to 40. I'm going to go... I'm going to go under, and I'm going to say we win 41 games this year. So we're going 41 and 41? I think we go 41 and 41. Wow. Easy. What are your thoughts on that? I want to hammer the over, and then, like, when you actually, like, think about it, you're like, every team in the East got better. Yeah. We're clearly not better than Brooklyn and and Milwaukee. Uh the Sixers game makes you want to think we're the best team in the East, but like, are we really better than a Sixers team a couple months in? Uh, can we beat the Bulls? Uh, the Hornets, I think so. You know the Hornets are going to give us trouble. That's what I'm saying. The Heat always give us trouble. No, Atlanta. Atlanta. Young is going to fucking have us in his back pocket. The Celtics will figure out a way to be a five seed. The Celtics are always a five, six seed. Like, uh, we might not be able to do it. We there's a very good chance we're in the playing game. That's great. Like going into this year with like the moves that we made, when I saw the number at 43 and a half, I was like, I'll fucking put my house on that they're going over. But now looking looking that guy, and I'm like, I don't know. Dude, we talked about it in Vegas. We were at the sports book and we we're like, all right, easy. I looked at you, I was like, easy money. Let, let's go. 
And we actually started to try and think about it. And it's not that easy. Yeah, dude, Charlie, we were in Vegas like a couple months ago and we went to the sports book to like, we were going to put right. this in and then we just, we just kept looking at each other. We're like, I don't know if they're going to win over. Right. Wow. Fucking A. All right, fellas, anything else before we uh, end this week's? That was a solid Knicks win tonight. We needed that after that Orlando game. That was a solid, solid bounce back win tonight. I like it. Bounce back. All right, Easy, you got some parting words? Uh, wait, hold on. I want to see what we got coming up here. Uh-oh. I can't do this on the – so – I think this next game versus the Bulls on Thursday is going to be fucking key. It's it's in Big Chicago. Because then we're playing the Pelicans and the Raptors and Pacers. I think like we'll be fine for the next couple games. But this next one versus the Bulls is going to be a good game. I'm okay with taking Levine out. Yeah. Just saying, start quickly. Just chop block his kneecaps. I'm okay this with it. This would be perfect for like a Frank – Frank, uh, a guy in Frank's role. Uh, you know uh, what? I haven't looked. Has Frank gotten any burn in Dallas? I don't think so. I haven't seen him on the court. Fucking loser. I, I wonder if he talks to Porzingis about like, yo, you realize if I hit that dunk, I would have killed you. Literally killed you on the court. I just can't <laughs> believe that the Mavericks have like our entire 2017 team. <laughs> It's so happy this year. Like, they have like literally like Courtney Lee is still on their team. And then they signed fucking Reggie Bullock. Like what? Yeah. Unbelievable. I got I think I'm going in a couple of weeks to a game and I'm just like, oh, I don't want to watch this team. <laughs> thank you. Hardaway. Thank you, Luca's there. Yeah, they they re-signed Hardaway too, right? Yeah. Oh. Oh, God, TNT just cut into the Mavericks game. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, fellas. Till All right, next boys. Week. Yeah, signing off. Let's do next week. Let's go. Sounds good. Mad handle. And we out.